Um, but it is lovely to be back with you all tonight. Some of you I know, some of you I don't, um, but we bring greetings from Stenhouse Baptist Church. Things are going really well. It's an exciting time for us. Um, don't know. I'd love to say loads and loads more. But we've got lots to get through tonight, so I don't think today is for that. But we have been there for um, about 18 months now, and just really, we've moved into the area. We want to see God's kingdom come in all sorts of different ways, in the church, but also in the community. We're looking to just make friends with people and share the love of God in whatever way they'll let us. So do pray for us, and if you want to know a little bit more about that, come and chat to me later. If you live in the west of Edinburgh and you're just desperate to get involved in a community church that's in the community, for the community, then come and chat to me. So we've been in the story of Joseph um, for two weeks now. Anybody here seen um, Joseph and the, the Technicolor Dreamcoat live before? Wow, amazing. Um, so you know how it's kind of cool if you're a football fan to have seen Messi play in the flesh, um, or if you're a music fan, it's kind of cool if you saw Queen when Freddie Mercury was still with us. Well, I'm going to blow your minds here a little bit. I am one of the lucky ones who saw Joseph played by Philip Schofield (laughs) in Blackpool. I know I'm unworthy, but it's true. Um, And let's just say I didn't need to read the passage a lot tonight when preparing because Philip Schofield is that good. (laughs) I remember everything he did, every false move he made, every expression um, in his voice. But we are in Genesis 39, and we're with Joseph. It's the third week in Joseph, um, and it's really not going well for Joseph. Joseph, a young man with pride issues, stuck down in a pit because his brothers hate him. He was arrogant. He did stuff up. I've got both my brothers here tonight, neither who are arrogant at all, one playing drums, one playing guitar, and I just want to say, Jonathan, I know that we pick on you sometimes, but I want to go on record here and say that we will never chuck you down a well and sell you on to people that we've never met before, no matter how bad it gets. But things are not going well for Joseph. He has hit rock bottom completely, which is weird because the story had started off so promisingly. But this is a story, as many stories are, about how to have character in the midst of serious adversity. And I don't know how much you read the Bible, maybe you read it a lot, maybe you've never read it before, but this is one of the ways that we use the Bible. We read it together as a church family, and we believe that God speaks to us through it, through these stories. And we believe that God will speak tonight. So we're going to read Genesis 39, 1 to 6. It's going to be on the screen, but if you've got a Bible, you can read along with me. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph And he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned, 
From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Why don't we just pray together? Lord God, you are here with us. You've spoken to us already as we've worshipped you. You've spoken to us as we've listened to you and tuned in to your voice. But we pray that you continue to speak through your word and through this story. And God, um, well maybe we just want to think about whether we're ready to pray this prayer, but maybe one prayer that we can pray is, God, would you speak to me and would you open me up so that I can really hear from you tonight? We're not here just to fill an evening, Lord. We're here because we believe that you transform people and that you work in our lives and that we have an opportunity to draw nearer and closer to you this evening. So God, help us to take hold of that tonight. Amen. So we've read this story together. Let's have a little bit of a glance over it to see what's going on in a bit more detail. It isn't a complicated passage, and I think it's pretty clear that the writer is trying to communicate something simple and something clear to us through it. There is a a drastic change in fortune for Joseph, and things are starting to look up a little bit. He'd gone from being in the pits, in the pit, to a place where it says that Joseph prospered. If you've got the passage open, um, just have a little look. It says, verse 2, he prospered. Verse 3, it says he had success in everything he did. Verse 4 says that Pharaoh entrusted everything to Joseph. Remember, he was a slave with a large amount of responsibility in no amount of time. Verse 5 says that the blessing of the Lord was on him. And finally, verse 6, it says that Potiphar focused only on the food he ate. And we've all had days like that, haven't we? But don't beat yourself up about it. Um, Joseph, he prospered. Joseph, he was successful. Joseph, he was given greater responsibility every single day and Joseph was clearly blessed he was blessed isn't it annoying when you meet those people who are just good at everything maybe we've got a few here tonight Usain Bolt Childish Gambino Ben Fogel from Springwatch Carl, who's the pastor here, um, he's actually one of those people. I'm glad he's not here tonight. I would never, ever say it to his face. And I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, Did you know that he played semi-professional cricket? You wouldn't know that. He's quite humble about it, Um, which is another thing that he's good at. Um, And I guess that some people are just blessed. I studied music a long, long time ago now at Edinburgh University, and it was always the medics 
who apparently could have done any degree in their sleep with their eyes closed. You'd have a chat with them and they'd say, what are you studying? I'd say, I'm doing music. Oh, that's so cool. What do you play? play the violin actually. No way, me too. I played the violin. I've just finished my diploma. I got a distinction. I'm leading the orchestra. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, lovely to meet you. Great to, to chat to you. I guess some people are just blessed. Somebody wrote an article in the New York Times recently talking about God, how God is working in the lives of their friends. They said this, God has, in fact, recently blessed my network so much with dazzling job promotions, coveted speaking gigs, the most wonderful fiancés ever, and front row seats at Fashion Week. And blessings aren't limited to the little people either. God blessed Macklemore with a wardrobe designer and Jamie Lynn Spears with an engagement ring. Hashtag blessed, hashtag blessed, hashtag blessed, she wrote on Twitter. God has been known to bless Kanye West and Kim Kardashian with exotic getaways and expensive bottles of champagne overlooking sunsets of biblical proportion. I guess some people are just blessed. What does it mean to prosper in our world, in this world that we live in? I think it's really confusing. We use that word in business, we use these words in churches, we use these words on our Instagram feeds, and sometimes it's difficult to know what is really going on. A tele-evangelist with three private jets, are they blessed? Someone who survived a serious illness, are they blessed by God? Someone who has just enough food to eat that day. Has God blessed them? The Bible says that Joseph found favor in this little passage that we read. He was promoted to a position of particular responsibility and God raised him up. That's quite clear. He was blessed. But was he blessed when he was thrown out of his family down a pit? Was he blessed when he was later thrown into prison? Did God just maybe not like him for these moments? Had he done something bad? How does it work? What is the formula here? Blessing. The Hebrew word is baraka. And its original meaning is pretty clear and less confusing, I think, than our English definitions of the word. Baraka. It means to receive an inheritance from God. To receive a gift from God within the context of relationship with God. Genesis 39 verse 2 says, Joseph barakad, he prospered. It's the same Hebrew word as blessed. And prosperity is something we feel pretty uncomfortable talking about in the church these days. Are Christians supposed to live long and prosper? Sorry, we're getting off track. Good. I wrote in my notes, pause for laughter, so that was good. Um, When you think about the enormous wealth that the church has had over the centuries... In this country and in other countries, when you think about things like the Crusades and the prosperous but actually quite grim undertones that ran through that side of history, it's no wonder that we don't know what to do with prosperity any longer. 
We know that everything is God's. Yes, we know that we are God's people also, but we have seen power and we've seen status abused so severely so often. So that Christians have had a weird relationship with the concept of prospering. One approach says, oh yeah, we are God's people and we should prosper big time. And while we're here, I'm going to need a bigger house. I'm going to need a private drive and a Swiss bank account. And it's all a sign that God loves me. And I must be doing something right somehow. And as long as I give a big tithe, then my personal storehouse will be overflowing every single day. And the extreme, extreme version of that is something we call the prosperity gospel. And while there might be some truth in it and some good things in it, God does love to pour out good things into our lives. It's pretty difficult at points to reconcile that teaching with the teaching of Jesus. In the prosperity gospel, blessing can sometimes become all about material wealth and it's too narrow a view of our inheritance in Christ. We get focused on the correlation between monetary things and our actions and our prayers become obsessed with accumulating more, and God is not a massive Argos catalogue. Thank goodness. And the opposite reaction to that extreme, extreme version is another extreme version, which maybe is even more common in Edinburgh, Scotland, or the UK, and that is to dismiss what God is bringing and putting in your path and in your life, to run away from abundance Sometimes to actually want less and not learn how to steward God's good things in our lives. And some people call that a poverty spirit. For example, I'm just going to settle here with my career because God doesn't want me getting above my station. That's not what we see in Joseph. That is a poverty spirit. Or I'm going to hold on to everything I have just in case I don't get anymore. Or I'm going to live judgmentally or jealously around those who seem to be more hashtag blessed than me. I don't know if any of those things ring any bells with any of you. Joseph is a brilliant example of someone who learned how to steward God's blessing, to look after it. And not to make it all about him. As a younger man, he had had The dreams, as we know, I'm not going to sing, apparently Carl did, but he didn't have the character to be able to steward what God was doing in his life. He blew it and it led to misery, it led to heartbreak. But Joseph learned, he learned through the pain and through the disappointment of his life how to be a conduit of God's blessing, of the king, God's Ultimate authority was passed on to Joseph. And because he was this guy who had worked on his character in the hard times, because he was somebody who had walked through the pain, it worked. It worked. And God might want to use us too, you know. Might. It says in Galatians that those who follow Christ are heirs of God. His inheritance 
belongs to us. It's a large inheritance, but it's actually more than just a few quid. Jesus says, if you can handle a little, then I might give you a lot. Not for you, but for the world. It's actually one of the really important things I want to say this evening from this story of Joseph is let's not dismiss what God might be doing. Maybe even go further, let's not despise what God is doing because we might think that we know better. We've all got our plans. But what is God trying to bless us with and how are we stewarding it? Joseph could have theoretically refused the promotion, I guess, somehow, from his boss, who was Potiphar, but he would have missed out on God's purpose in his life. And God's purpose in his life was for him to lead, for him to steward, and for him to lead in a foreign nation, and actually to be part of God-ordained reconciliation opportunities later in his life. And when we stop believing that we are in control of everything, say that again, when we stop believing that we're in control of everything, we'll be able to enjoy it when we're raised up, like Joseph was here. And we'll be able to experience joy when we're waiting for things to happen or when we are stuck in a pit and we don't know why. We are not in control of everything. And we hate that, but that is true. We love being in control. Some of us have apps on our phones that can change the heating in our flats right now. Isn't that crazy? Although if you do have the heating on your house right now, you might want to turn it down. It's been a warm day. Um, And this seems like a weird thing to say, okay, but I think it must have helped Joseph in a way that he was sold as a slave because he had nothing to lose when he arrived in Egypt. He was fully dependent on God raising him up. The challenge for us is that we have so much is that giving up control means that we could lose it all. And we don't want to do that. Because oftentimes the world around us and large portions of the media have have told us about a different narrative of our lives. Has said that our life has to be heading in a certain trajectory for it to be successful, for it to be really blessed in the world's eyes and baptised into the culture that we live in. Get bigger, be faster, be stronger, prosper, be blessed. But which narrative, which story is your life following? Which direction are you heading? Have you ever really properly stopped and considered it? Like properly, properly stopped and actually thought, What sort of blessing, what sort of destiny am I pursuing? Deliberately or unwittingly? Did you know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life? And it does involve blessing. 
and it does involve stewarding, and it also involves dying. Jesus said a lot of things, many of them very famous. One of the most quoted things that he's ever said is that you have to lose your life to find it. And even though it might be one of the most quoted, I don't think it's the most followed advice in the world that we live in at the moment. Joseph, as a slave, must have known that it was God raising him up. It was God giving him his authority. And any power that he had wasn't because he had a great reputation or was particularly impressive. He was a slave. Any prospering he had was from God. He had no silver spoon in his mouth. He had no big cash inheritance. He had no leg up. It was pretty easy to see that God was working in Joseph's life. But again, as I said a minute ago, for us who have much, and we do, we have a lot, it's, it's harder and it's complicated and it's trickier to work it all out and it can be confusing. When is a blessing a blessing and when is it not? When have we just landed on our feet? When is it really from God? To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. I wish I could just tell you exactly what was what. It would make life so much simpler, wouldn't it? Quick bit of advice. Try just giving thanks to God for everything. Try that and see where that takes you. Um, but here's the thing, here's the point. God might raise you up for, for a season. God might raise you up, like you, not just the generic, but God might raise you up for a purpose like he did with Joseph. The question is, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond? Are you going to be all, yep. Finally, my time has come. I knew this was going to happen. Soon the world will see the greatness of me. Or are you going to dismiss it and say, nope, not me, Lord. No, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to be used by you. I don't deserve to be raised up by you. You could never be um, calling me. It's only the rich and the powerful and the beautiful. Those sort of people that you use and actually really despise the plan that God has for you and your life. Or the third option, to live like Joseph. To do the hard work on your character now, like right now, in each day that you live, in each decision that you make, so that God can use you to bless others. Success priority, blessing. Jesus was successful, wasn't he? You know, sold a lot of books. One of the most renowned teachers of all time, most famous teacher in history, except he wasn't because he was crucified. Except he was because he was raised up and now reigns over everything. (laughs) Except he wasn't because he's still the lamb who was slain. Didn't Jesus say blessed? It's funny, I always say blessed when I'm talking about Sermon of the Mount, I say blessed the rest of the time. Never mind. Blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. When is a blessing not a blessing? What does it mean to prosper? Do you know what? I think what's going on here is that if we want to follow Jesus, we need to learn 
to see the world as God sees it. And how do we do that? Hard work. We learn to pray, we read the scriptures, what Christians have called for centuries spiritual disciplines. And that's how God changes the way that we see the world around us. We learn the ways of Jesus, we adopt the principles of Jesus and we develop relationship with Jesus and he will teach us everything we need to know in stewarding his blessing and walking in his abundance. You know, we can do stuff for God. We can do something outrageous for God. You can do a sponsored bungee jump to raise money for the homeless if you want to. You can even plant a church in the west of Edinburgh and do that for a few years. But unless God transforms your whole mind and your whole heart, you'll get drawn back into a different story. You'll get sucked back into the narrative, not of the kingdom of God, not of the prosperity thinking of the kingdom of God, but more like the prosperity thinking of the world. Read that verse again. Matthew 10, verse 39, if you want to look it up later. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Joseph had to go through a death and a resurrection before he really learned how to steward the gifts that God had given him. Jesus had a late night chat with a man called Nicodemus once and he said to him, he kind of whispered to him in the dead of night, you have to be reborn. And Jesus showed us the way of death and resurrection. And you know, Christianity isn't just about what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. It's very much about that. That's pretty huge. That changes everything. But it's also about walking in the path that Jesus has set out for us. And maybe we need to think about dying to the life that we've always thought we wanted dying to the life that we thought we needed to live to impress even God, those around us, dying to the life that we maybe even think that we deserve. That's, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to take Jesus at his word and follow him. There are a lot of people throughout history and today who've thought that they can prosper in God's blessing, maybe as God's nation, maybe with God's moral laws, with, with huge wealth and all the political influence who haven't cared about the poor, who haven't looked after the widows and the orphans. And they've thought that the narrative of the world and the narrative of their Christian faith could just kind of be conveniently melded together in this kind of beautiful little pastry cheese twirl thing I'm not sure you can actually do that the apostle Paul said I consider it all as I'm not exactly sure what he said the word was we'll say rubbish tonight I consider it all as rubbish compared to the joy of knowing you 
often we layer our faith on top of whatever we've decided to do with our lives already. We might never say it like that. We might not even have realized that's what's going on, but really we've decided how we're going to live and maybe our Christian faith will tweak a few things here, tweak a few things there. But I'm not really sure that's what Jesus designed us for as he says that we have to lose our lives to find them. Psalm 147 says, The Lord raises up the humble. God is looking for people like Joseph who can steward his blessing, his goodness for the world. He created this world for good, for blessing, and he calls his church, he calls his people to live open-handed lives. We are blessed to be a blessing. Jesus' mother Mary, in her song before he was born, said that he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be a conduit for God's blessing, then work on your character. Work through disappointment, work through the hard times in life, and he will use you. Joseph had the humility, he was beginning to have the experience and he had the character, he had God's anointing on him to to handle being raised up and being laid low, as we'll find out later in the series. But, But what about you? Where are you at with God? What's your story? Which ladder are you climbing? Which race are you running What's the most important story that you are living for? Material things are important. God has given us material things for us to enjoy and for us to experience and use to bless others. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're not. But your soul and your character and your inner self is what's vital here. Don't get them mixed up. Don't get them confused. Start working on your soul and your character and allowing the Holy Spirit to mold you and God will take you on crazy adventures. God's favor was on Joseph and it made a difference for those around him. And if you are hell-bent on going full prosperity in life, then seek the prosperity of others. Bless those around you. I'm not going to get into it. I don't have time tonight, but Jeremiah 30, look it up later. Seek the peace and the prosperity of the place that you live in, the family that you're part of, the workplace that you work in. Joseph wasn't in it for himself. He went on a journey from being gifted to arrogant to humbled to wise and to generous. Dreams, service, responsibility, forgiveness, and compassion. So, how are we going to respond to to this story, to this challenge of a life laid down to be raised up again? 
I think we can pray prayers tonight that God will answer faithfully because he loves to do that. He loves to get involved. He loves to work in our life. We can ask for every spiritual blessing in Christ. We can stand upon his promises. We can ask him for what we need. And we can say things like, raise me up, God. And maybe you want to think back from times where actually you recognize that maybe God was trying to do something, but you said no to his plan, to his spirit. And repentance just means turning and facing Jesus again. Maybe you want to pray the hard prayer and say, actually, I feel like you're laying me low at the moment. I feel like you're teaching me some hard stuff at the moment, God, but I'm not going to give up on you because you've never given up on me. Remembering that God never wants to harm us. I thought it was so cool that we sung that song earlier. Your plan is still to prosper. And actually, even what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it for good. He wants to expose us all to his goodness tonight. But he may also want to lead us through trials. He may want to refine our characters. He may even want to just pour his blessing into our lives again tonight. I don't know whether that means a second home, an amazing job, or just security in our identity as his dearly loved children. God loves you. And he's called each one of us and all of us collectively to take hold of the inheritance that he has prepared for us. Sometimes it can be confusing. (laughs) There's a path that we have to walk, but we can listen to God as he speaks to us. Let's pray. just have a bit of time of of quiet and of silence as we just reflect on if any of that means anything for us and and if it does how we can respond to God and, and the call that he's placed on our lives Jesus, we want to turn and face you this evening, knowing that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. Knowing that you set your face towards the cross, you humbled yourself to allow us to come into relationship with you. You died to restore purpose and vocation and identity to the world. And Lord, we pray that as your church, we can rise up and take hold of the inheritance that you have prepared for us. God, when we have dismissed the opportunities that you've presented us in your kingdom, we want to say sorry. 
we want to repent. And we want to say, if you are ordaining it, if you are sanctioning it, God, then we say yes. Raise us up. This world needs leaders who are compassionate, who love Jesus, who influence the world around them, who have an intimately close relationship with their loving Heavenly Father. And Lord, where we've lived in judgment of those who've, who've had much, when we've lived in jealousy of those who've had more, who are living different lives than we are, God, again, maybe it's just time for us to repent. Turn and face you and say, I want to be faithful to you, God, with what you've placed in my hands to what you're doing in my life or what you're teaching me at any particular time. Not looking left, not looking right, but looking straight ahead at Jesus who loves us. And perhaps he just wants to restore a sense of purpose to some of us here this evening. Who felt lost or who've been wandering Holy Spirit, we ask you to come, speak life into death. And I'm not going to pray this prayer on behalf of everybody. This is something that you need to, to take hold of if you want to yourself. But you might just want to pray, God, I die to the life that I thought I always wanted. And I place my life in your hands. That comes with a kind of a safety sort of warning, that prayer. Because God will take you on an adventure. God will ruin you for who you used to be. Help us to follow you, Jesus. And, and help us to consider everything that we thought we really wanted as rubbish compared to the joy of knowing you, of living life with you, of experiencing your presence, of experiencing your favor, your blessing, and your abundance. Help us to trust you. Raise us up, God. Lay us low, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. That's our prayer tonight. You would be our God and that we would be your people. Not just in word, not even just in deed, but in spirit. Deep cries out to deep. We want to know you, God. God.